All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Tunes Mate number 71. I'm Mark. And I'm Ray. And Ray, today we're celebrating a couple of birthdays. Not ours. <laughs> no, not ours. But yeah, a couple people just had their birthdays. And interestingly enough, and I, I really didn't realize this till we got uh, looking at this and talking about it, Madonna just turned 65. Many of us probably know that. On August 16th, she turned 65. But I didn't realize Belinda Carlisle is exactly one day younger. She was born on August 17th, 1958. So she turned 65 the day after Madonna did. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen this before, right? We mm-hmm. had an episode a couple of years ago where uh, Sting and Mellencamp both turned 70 within like a week of one another. You know, sometimes the the forces align. And of course, this is what's interesting to me. I always I've known this for years. Madonna, Prince and Michael Jackson, arguably the three biggest I mean, by many different measures, the three biggest artists, music artists of the 1980s were all born in the summer of 1958. They all, you know, they're all born within like a two month span between June and August of 1958. So now we're just adding like one more person into that mix, right? Belinda Carlisle, pretty significant with the Go-Go's in her solo career. And so it's like the summer of 58, something was going on there. Yeah, something was. And there was a famous David Letterman episode where he was like, Oprah, Uma, Uma, (laughs) Oprah. And I feel like it's like, Madonna, Belinda, Belinda, Madonna. <laughs> so I remember that from the, it was when he hosted the Oscars in the mid nineties. Yep. Uma Oprah. So yeah, he Madonna, got a lot of Belinda. heat over that. Yep. It was kind of this weird joke that kind of didn't make sense, but it doesn't make sense either, either, either to that one. But <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Madonna to me as a DJ is without her music. I don't know what I would do. And mm-hmm. similar with Belinda, maybe not as significant, but still part of the mix. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, there's something to be said. Madonna's clearly had the the more sustained career. I mean, she's the the megastar in a way that Belinda Carlisle's famous, but, you know, Madonna is more than famous. And so, yeah, I think so. But, but you know, here's a chance to talk about both of them. So, All right. um, well. so, so we each put together our top five for each. And uh, Madonna came first. So why don't we start with her? Sounds good. All right. What do you got at number five for Madonna? I've had so many songs <laughs> flipping in and out, but I went back to music, which was, yep. I believe it's 2000. Yep. And it was a number one hit. And this is the only song that I have. It's probably a modern song by Madonna because all of her other hits seem to bring people out to the dance floor stronger. But this is one of those songs where she was gone away for a little while. Remember, they would always say Madonna's reinventing herself. Oh, now she's got the cowboy look. But she had a big cowboy hat on in in the video. And this song was everywhere. I mean, it had a very electronic feel. It was anywhere you turn, you would hear this song. And I still hear it. And I still play it every once in a while. You know, if someone wants to say, hey, you know, let's go do a flashback. And this one just kind of jams in there because it's it's very unique and it has a this just factor that draws you out to the dance floor. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned Madonna reinventing herself and that that's sort of a hallmark of Madonna throughout her career from 
the very beginning. And then in 86, 87, she kind of reinvented herself. And then a few years later with Vogue, she did it again. And then a few years later with a Ray of Light and stuff, she did it again. And then you're right, this was like her, her cowgirl phase. I mean, she even had that song off of that album, What It Feels Like for a Girl. And music, yet 2000, four weeks of number one. Her her last number one hit, actually, her most recent of her number one hits. And, you know, really important song. And as you said, had that electronica feel to it and was really significant 23 years ago. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> Feels like it's still yesterday. What did roll in at number five for you? So number five for me, and again, yeah, as you said, this was this was hard. There were a couple songs that just kind of barely missed out. But mm -hmm. I've always thought that Open Your Heart has a really good feel to it. And it hit number one uh, in uh, early 1987. It was off of her True Blue album. I think it was the third single off of that. I think after Papa Don't Preach and True Blue. And or now maybe Lies Slabonit. I'm mixing up the order now. You know, Open Your Heart had just such a great feel. You know, the video was well known. She's kind of working at this peep show or something and this kid comes along and they you know kind of escape that and run off and it just you know very danceable song just a really good feel to the song yeah that video had a lot of controversy well most things that madonna did <laughs> right. controversy. i think we talked on our last episode about sinead o'connor and controversy but that was just like a drop in a bucket like madonna's like hey sinead look over <laughs> here what i'm doing so i i remember that video yeah that caused a i think there was I wouldn't call a band, but I definitely think there was some heated <laughs> parents back in the day with that video. Yep. Yeah. As you said, that's a hallmark of Madonna's career from her writhing around in a uh, wedding dress to like a virgin on MTV video awards that sort of, you know, catapulted her to fame in the mid eighties right on through. And yeah, this was just another one of those good incidents where Madonna, you know, played what played around with things a little bit. So what's your number four? My number four, once again, I'm looking at it through, if I put the song on, are people going to come rushing out to a dance floor? And there's something about Like a Prayer. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the choir or the gospel nature to it around the end of it. But whenever this gets put on, even the beginning, it's very slow. It kind of reminds me of Let's Go Crazy. You know, it's kind mm -hmm. of a very slow building song and then just goes gangbusters and this was another number one hit by madonna and you put this on i don't care where you are but everyone comes running out singing along to it and it's just a very catchy song i think that's what madonna did i think she i don't know much about how madonna wrote her songs but i feel as though she always probably had some kind of hook and then built everything around it because i feel like all of her songs are very captivating that way. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. And and I think especially what you mentioned with the choir, there's a real sing-along element to Like a Prayer. You know, it's got the catchy refrain there. It's got the chorus that kind of almost invites you. It really does invite you to, to join in. And speaking of controversy, I mean, this was a video that, you know, I mean, there was the big MTV premiere, the Pepsi thing and the, you know, and the burning crosses and the, the interracial kiss and the everything. And in 1989, it was just like all these different buttons she was pushing all at once. And I mean, it got <laughs> it got major attention just for the controversy alone. 
and then and yeah, I mean then ended up still being a, a good song that you know lasted has lasted for for 35 years and almost 35 years and spent three weeks at number one yeah I mean most people you think about the song you can probably tell me right now what the first few words of the song are yeah life is a mystery Let's see <laughs> <laughs> so what do you have it for so my four is actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned music was sort of your newest of your songs, and it's it's still like six years newer than my newest. So really, you know, when you think of the Madonna, she's had this big career, but I ended up with a lot of stuff from the 80s. This is my one from the 90s, and it's I'll Remember from back in 1994. It mm-hmm. was featured in the Joe Pesci film With Honors, and it was another one where I don't want to say Madonna was another remake of herself because I don't know that, th- that that's probably a little strong, but she had a period there where this came out and rain came out and it was a little bit of a different feel for a year or two there. And this is emblematic of it. And it's just, again, I kind of go off of the the song and, and what makes a song like vivid and full. And this is, this song always caught me as having a really good texture to it. Yeah, I agree. And what's interesting is, and this song didn't make my list. I don't know why. I guess I didn't remember it. Ha <laughs> ha. What was interesting is that this was, Madonna has a couple movie soundtracks, which we never think about. You know, this is a movie soundtrack. Then she had, uh, it used to be my playground, which was a song. Uh, that was pretty huge. And then she did the whole Dick Tracy thing and wasn't yeah. Vogue from that. Yep. Yeah. So, and then she had, there's a couple of, I thought there was another song off that didn't chart too well, but you don't think about Madonna being a soundtrack queen because you, because of all their other songs. But the moment you said, I'll remember, I remember it was in a movie. I couldn't remember it was Joe Pesci, but yeah. I do remember that it was in a, featured in a movie. And that's interesting to me. I This song always jumped out to me. You were going to find that. I don't have a lot of ballads on my list, but there were a couple that almost made it here. And I think Madonna has some really, really strong ballads. You know, that's an interesting point. Well, a uh, point you made about the soundtracks, because you're right. I don't really think of Madonna as a soundtrack artist. But then as you were talking, I started going through it, right? So Crazy For You is from Vision Quest. Oh, yeah. Live to Tell is from At Close Range, right? You mentioned the, the songs from Vogue. You had uh, Vogue and Hanky Panky were both Hanky top Panky. 10 hits, right? You know, she starred in Who's That Girl and had Who's That Girl and causing a commotion off of that. Uh, you mentioned they used to. this used to be my playground from A League of Their Own. And then we had this one, I'll Remember from With Honors, like, Wait a minute, actually more. Had a, and then, then, then you've got the Evita stuff, right? Don't cry for me, Argentina, right? You know, and Austin like, Powers. What was and then the Austin song? Powell, right? Beautiful Stranger, Beautiful right? Stranger. So she could be the movie soundtrack queen. I don't think there's anyone else that has more. That's a great point. I'd have to kind of investigate, but it's it'd be hard to find. Some, I mean, I think we just named like eight movies. Like, who's going to have that more. career? I mean, even Kenny Loggins doesn't have that many. You know. No. And, I mean, that's, that's a great point. And I, you never think of Madonna that way. I, I never, I've never thought of Madonna that way. Me either. Until you said, I remember. And yeah. Kind of pieces together. Yeah. But, well, and, and speaking of movies, right at number three, I hadn't even mentioned this one was from a movie, but my number three is into the groove, which is from desperately seeking Susan, which was also one of Madonna's early acting performances as well. 
And uh, this is a song that, you know, it didn't chart because, and simply because of the rules of the Hot 100 back in the, the 80s, which was mm-hmm. you had to actually be released as a single to hit the Hot 100. And it was never actually released as a single, but it, it sure got major airplay. And to this day, it is, you know, one of the sort of staple Madonna songs. And of course, it's it it's called into the groove, and it's got a groove. Like it is so infectious in terms of a dance song, and so it ends up at number three for me. And I have the same exact song at number three because it's one of those songs, as you said, put it on. I mean, it's tough because there's so many by Madonna from this era, burning it up, and and other songs like that. But this is the song. This gets everyone going, and no matter somebody somewhere is going to be tapping their foot along or dancing to it. It's And it, this is the one we've talked about this many times that it did not chart. And it, this is probably one of those that we you would scratch our head and say, that doesn't make any sense. But thanks to billboard rules, which are different now. I mean, the, actually in the late nineties, they, they changed that rule because of the changing nature of the, uh, hmm. the music industry. But yeah, back then you had to be released as a single. And so it's one of those songs and there, there are other ones, but that's, you think, oh, well, that did well. And well, it did, but not technically on the Hot 100 chart because, mm-hmm. yep, this wasn't released. But it's, a, I mean, it's just such a, as you said, it, it gets people going. It's so danceable, so very danceable. And it, it really embodies early Madonna. All right. Well, what do you have at number two? So at number two is another one. Another, I mentioned the, the film already. Uh, I mentioned it already. It's another one of the film songs. And it's another early Madonna. It's crazy for you. Uh, you you mentioned her ballads and how you know we might not think about her ballads, but this was her first hit as a ballad. And it I love this this song makes me think of like going to like eighth grade dances back in you know junior high. It just has such a feel to it of um, romance, and I just I get goosebumps to this day when I hear it and I sing along and it. And she belts it out and it just, it feels like, you know, the the words convey and the words literally convey it, but it feels like two people meeting each other and coming together. And I don't know that I know of a more romantic song. And so it ends up at number two for me. Yeah, to me, that song, it was always about the instrumentation. It's sure the the vocals and everything else is great, but there's something about the, the music and the way it flows together. And as we said earlier, you know, Madonna has a great array of ballads, but this definitely is the top one. And this is another one where you don't expect this from Madonna. You know, she has all these controversial videos and songs, and then she puts out this straight out ballad that probably Willie Nelson could sing. You know, you're right. I mean, it is, it's a song that any number of folks could have done and done well. And there's, but there's something about, there's a yearning in her vocals that helps make the song. And it, it's, I mean, her vocals, you know, Madonna's vocals are, are good. I mean, she's obviously, you know, she can sing, you know, she's not a virtuoso singer in the way that like Joan Baez or something might be. So, you know, I mean, I, somebody could technically, I think, pick apart elements of her vocals on this, but there's a yearning there that really epitomizes pop music. And it just, it helps make the song, but you're right. Like, you know, you, I could, I can hear Willie Nelson doing this song. I could hear Hart doing this song. Yeah. I could hear, you know, I could hear Tina Turner. We talked about Tina Turner, you know, recently, you know, I could hear her doing this song. I, I mean, you could even heavy metal ballad this thing, you know, I mean, here, imagine, or imagine Steve Perry and Journey doing this song, right? You know, Warrant. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely, right? And, you know, you can end in a number of 80s, band, 80s hair bands like Poison or something, yeah, but there's sure. something about Madonna doing it and the way that she brings out that sort of really yearning for somebody is there in the vocals that I'm not sure would have come through in some of those other scenarios. Well, originally this was meant for White Snake. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> And originally it was meant for Britney Spears. She was three years old at the time and they exactly. didn't know yet. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have at number two? My number two is material girl. And it's interesting. I mean, it was a number two hit, but it's fascinating still to this day. I've recently DJed an event and I had the song being requested multiple times. And I don't know if it's just because of the message of the song and that it still resonates today, but there's also something very unique about the beat of it. And if you think about the kind of the syncopation, there's only a few songs I can really think of that kind of march to this beat, but it definitely has something that's memorable. And then the message of it, and it's very, you know, it's, it's Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, she, you know, it became a moniker for her, right? It, it, right after it got released and, and it, it became famous people started referring to Madonna as the material girl. And that sticks to this day, 40 years later. And so it's, it's a vital part of Madonna's identity. As you said, it's got a, it's got a, a uniqueness to it, to the feel of the song and the, the groove that it has. Uh, it's memorable. Yeah. It, you know, it, there's, there's a lot of good reasons to have it high on the chart. What's your number one? My number one is borderline. I love this song it's been my favorite madonna song for three and a half decades probably i just the feel of this song the beginning part with the you know the the keyboard uh just playing and then the 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 rhythm comes in and the beat comes in and the feel that it carries throughout is to me quintessential madonna and as much as into the groove probably has the best beat and the best is the most danceable and crazy for you is the the best ballad in my mind. This is the one that just captures. It, it doesn't capture. You've mentioned controversy a couple of times because it's interesting because in my I chart, you know, in my my list, like a virgin didn't even make my top five and it wouldn't have even made like my, my top seven or eight because as a song goes, it doesn't quite resonate in the way these other ones do, even though it's really her signature song mm -hmm. and the one that really made her, you know, uh, the superstar that she was. So, and that has the controversy element. Borderline is the, the quintessential music song. It's, it's not controversial. It's a simple about, you know, love and the feelings of, you know, uh, a relationship, but mm -hmm. it's, it's got all of the elements of her music together so well. And I, I just, I love it. Yeah. I mean, this was, I believe my number six or close to that. I think it, same thing. It, as soon as you started mentioning it, I can play through my mind the entire opening all the way till she starts singing. And then it just stays with you. It's one of those songs that if it's the last song you hear, you're going to be sing it all day so you you got to figure out a way <laughs> some other song to get to get it out of your mind but it, it is it's uh it's one of those songs that it's on every greatest hits that she ever puts out and it's part of who she is and i i think there's a lot to say about borderline so what's your number one 
My number one is holiday. So it's cliche, but you put this song on at any event and everybody starts singing along. It's about having a good time. It's about turning your day into something special. And it's it mixes into tons of other songs. It has a you know a very you know strong hook and it's you know it wasn't one of her highest charting songs it this is another song that makes her greatest hits because it's just it's a celebration song i mean that's that's what the song's about and i think it's very cliche i mean i wouldn't put it in there in the cool in the gang celebration category but <laughs> it is a staple of of just parties yeah no it's as you said this really good feeling to it this message of you know sort of optimism it was her first hit right her first top 40 hit it was the one that introduced us to madonna i think again like a virgin was the one that catapulted her to superstardom but but holiday was the the song that that put madonna on the map and made her uh, a household name and here we are nearly 40 years later well it'll be 40 years this fall we're still talking to, and it still has that resonance, just like you described. Yeah, and there's a funny scene from The Wedding Singer, the Adam Sandler film, where they convince him to come back to perform, and he's singing this song very somber. <laughs> and if you see the scene, it whenever I think of this song too, I think of that as well. Where you know, if you sing it a different way, it just it isn't happy anymore. It's very, it's very sad. It's very, <laughs> if we took a holiday. Yeah, really, right? <laughs> All right, so that's Madonna. Madonna. And now we've got Belinda Carlisle, Madonna. right? We're going to we're gonna go Belinda. extra long Madonna. here because we've got, trying to squeeze both of these in. All right, well, right? We, we can get through Belinda quick. For me, there's a bunch of songs, but these are the ones, once again, I, I think of Belinda Carlisle. I'm also going to squeeze in the Go-Go's because yep. they go synonymous here, so... I have number five, Mad About You. And when this came out, there was a very distinctive bass beat to this. And a lot of people don't know that this song had Andy Taylor from Duran Duran as a guitar solo. And when I found that out as a kid, I was like, okay, I like this song now. Because <laughs> at the time, I really liked Power Station. So this song, is just, it, it's just something that resonates with it. It's, it's strong. It, it, it kind of rocks out in the middle and it just has all of the pieces that it, it's a very strong pop song. Yeah. A great song. Uh, it was the feel of this song is incredible. I mean, and it, it captures the, the theme of the lyrics as well. I actually hadn't realized that Andy Taylor played guitar on it. So this is, that's actually new to me. And it was Belinda Carlisle's first solo hit right it was her breakout from the go-go's and this was belinda on her own and it was a top five hit and really sort of helped lay the foundation for her string of hits over the next six seven years yeah mad about you would you have five so i i like you i think we we need to talk go-go's and belinda carlisle here and my number five is vacation i think Mm. This is a great song. It's got a great feel from the Go-Go's. You know, it's one of their one of their two top 10 hits and it it just you put this on and, you know, vacation. I mean, it's just got a you know, it, it's something you can crank and I think my my kids know it already and it's just it's a good memorable song. 
Oh yeah, vacation. I mean, this is the one where I believe they're on water skis in the video, and yep. there's a whole thing with it. And I definitely think that this is just brings up happy memories and makes you want to go away somewhere warm. So <laughs> I think it's I think it's a good one. All right. Well, what do you have it for? So my number four, and it's interesting because back in the day, I don't know that I would have. I don't know that I would have put this up so high, mm-hmm. but in retrospect, I like it a lot more than when it, it first came out. And it's Leave a Light On, I which you know was released back in 1989. And it, again, back then, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't, you know, it didn't like strike me as, as incredible. But I listen to it now and I really like the feel of it. It's got, it's got some power to it. It's also known because it's got George Harrison plays. So we just like you talked about Andy Taylor playing guitar on Mad About You. Uh, George Harrison plays mm. slide guitar on this. And in fact, I, the story I heard was that they were looking for somebody to do, they wanted somebody to play slide guitar like Harrison and then Harrison just did it. So, you know, here we are 30 years later, and it really resonates as a great song. I listen to it now more than I did even back in the day. And I think it just, it, it has a really great feel. Yeah, I remember it. It didn't make my list. Every time I thought of it, though, I thought of always the Tom Bodette from Mattel 6. You know, we'll leave the uh-huh. light on for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't definitely remember it. I do remember it getting played heavily at like an adult contemporary radio. I don't know at that point. Hmm. I'm trying to remember the, what could be competing with it back then. But I do know that I felt it was in heavy rotation, but there's a bunch of other songs that were heavily competing with it. So I think that's why it kind of fell down. I also think this was a, that period we talked about where Tina Turner was trying to come back and it was kind of hard. So I think, that's probably why I didn't make my list. Yeah, it was the fall of 89, and it only went to number 11. I, it was competing. It, the best was out from Tina Turner. Uh, this is when Janet Jackson's Miss You Much came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rock Set was huge at the time. Tears for Fears released the Seeds of Love at that time. Aerosmith's uh, album with um, Love in an Elevator okay. came out. At, Motley Crue came out at the time. I mean, there's... There was the uh, the Stones had a, a uh, another sort of renaissance with um, uh, mixed emotions. Oh yeah. Uh, there was a bunch of stuff in the fall of 1989 that came out. Richard Marks was still, you know, his uh, his repeat offender album that was, was on its second album. or third hit at that time. And so Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire" came out just a little bit after this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that really hit the market in early, in the fall of '89. And so, as you said, this was kind of, you know, got a little bit left in the dust there by some of the other stuff. And maybe, as you said, that that's not why it maybe why it didn't pick up as much as it might have otherwise. But in retrospect, it really, really stands out. Yeah, I'll have to go back and listen to it. It's definitely been a while. Yep. So what's your number four? Mine is one you'd probably expect. Heaven is a place on earth and it still gets played today. And I always misconstrued the lyrics on this. Are they saying blue heaven? What are they saying? (laughs) It's a song that you just sing along to. And these are all these songs that you, you know, I heard this recently. I can't remember who I can attribute this to, but it's like, you know, you had nursery rhymes as a kid. And then these artists are making adult sing-alongs, you know, for, for adults. And 
this is exactly on path to that. I mean, there's no, that's a great point about the sort of adult sing-alongs because a lot of the the best pop songs are the most resonating pop songs. That's exactly what they are. They're they're like adult sing-alongs. They're stuff that you just put on, and you just can't help but sing along to. This is another one. My kids know this song, just like I said with Vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, my my kids, you know, are born thirty years later and they know this song. It's it's Belinda's biggest hit. It was her her lone number one hit in the fall of uh, winter of nineteen eighty seven, and it it is. I remember even when it came out in late fall of eighty eighty seven. I um I actually thought it was an old song. I remember when I first heard it, I'm like, oh, this is one of her older ones. And then I re- realized, no, this is new. It and it, maybe it was because of exactly what you meant. This is like quintessential Belinda Carlisle. It feels like her and the work mm-hmm. and her, her music. And so my number three is actually your, your number four. So uh, heaven is a place on earth. So same stuff, right? Her biggest hit, just so memorable. Again, resonates even to this day. My, my kids know it. It's just for all the reasons you gave number three. So, so my number three is your number five vacation. Yep. All right. So, so we're at two. So, let's go. <laughs> I have Our Lips Are Sealed, and it's an interesting one, but for some reason, whenever I'm mixing in songs and someone says, hey, let's do an 80s mix and I'm beat mixing, this song just mixes in very well to a lot of other songs. I Melt With You, I mean, I can go down the list of songs that you can clap out, and it's amazing how this song just fits in. So I generally will play maybe you know a couple minutes of it. And everyone seems to sing along and everyone knows this song. So that's why it's here. I don't know if it's necessarily as high as I could have put it, but it's, it just always seems to come up. And that's, that's what my list represents is songs that are played often and everyone sings along to. No, great point about it. And I think, you know, building off what you said, it was the Go-Go's first hit. It was the, you know, it, it was their first Hot 100 hit it was their first top 40 hit, their first top 20 hit. And it really was the introduction to the Go-Go's for a lot of pop music art. I mean, people know We Got the Beat, which kind of which followed it up and was even bigger and, and huger and everything. But Our Lips Are Sealed is the one that introduced people to the Go-Go's, a lot of people to the Go-Go's. And it's kind of a, a, a fitting introduction because it's, you know, the Go-Go's were this female band, right? This, this band of women may, trying to show women can rock in a male world of pop music in the late seventies, early eighties and, and doing so and, and making great songs that resonate again, 40 years later. Mm -hmm. And so in a way this was kind of a, Hey, guess what? We know a secret, right? Women can rock. Our lips are sealed, right? You know, we're not going to tell anybody if you don't, right? There's a, there's a thematic element to it that really sort of makes the go-go's identity right from the very beginning. And that's that we've got this little secret that women know how to rock. And if you just pay attention, you'll notice that too. And we're just, we're not going to tell, we're just going to expect you to figure it out. Right. So, so I think this is really fitting because it, it it's emblematic of the go-go's. Right. So the go-go's, even though they were the best kept secret and Hey, we can rock. They rocked and they got into they got the them. rock and roll hall of fame, which is pretty awesome. Yep. Them. And yep. this song definitely resonated. All right, so we're number two, Ray. 
So yeah, my number two, I just mentioned it, the, the follow-up to this, which became the, their, the Go-Go's biggest hit and the signature song, uh, We Got the Beat, right? It's got, I mean, it's got the beat. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's titled so well. It represents, I mean, it just, it's so danceable. It represents the early 80s. You know, there's the famous opening to Fast Times at Ridgemont High that uses it. And, and again, where I was so sealed, introduced the Go-Go's, We Got the Beat was the song that made the Go-Go's like a household name. Yeah, agreed. And this is my number one. So this song, you can stop. Everybody will sing along. They'll clap their hands to it. You know, everybody put their hands above their head and, you know, We Got the Beat. Everyone's clapping mm-hmm. along. And it's just, the song gets everybody going. And I recently saw Belinda Carlisle. I believe she performed on July 4th. It was It's the uh, PBS special. And she did a bunch of songs. And this was the one that got everybody up on their feet, clapping along. And she did play, I think, Heaven is a Place on Earth. Mm-hmm. And I think Vacation. And We Got the Beat. And We Got the Beat was definitely, hands down, the one that everybody went crazy over. Yep. It's just got it. it, And, and it, it just, it has that feel to it. And so, yeah, it's my number two, not your number one and sticking with number one. My number one was your number five mad about you. Right. And because it was the, Mm. um, and again, this is the, the, there's two reasons here. One that Belinda Carlisle out on her own, this was her first solo hit. Mm -hmm. And again, I just love the feel from, I remember, you know, when this came out and, and in like 1986, just listening to this and just really loving the feel of this song. And still to this day, it's got such a, a, a wonderful mood that it creates. And so it ends up just just squeaking ahead of We Got the Beat for me. And Mad About You, it always threw me off because there was a TV show with Paul Reiser, I believe that came yep. out in the 80s. And I was like, oh, wait a minute, what? And that was a thing back then. There was a lot of, you had the band in living color and then you had living color yeah you know that so i was always confused <laughs> like wait a minute what what's happening but mad about you great song as we said earlier and definitely gets played today all right so yep. we went through both lists right we made it through you know happy birthday to belinda madonna madonna belinda <laughs> they made it we did well well played madonna belinda belinda madonna and right and one day apart. One day apart, and they're still out there touring. I know Madonna recently had some illness, and I think yep. she's back out there. And it's good to see because it's all about the music. Yeah, no, Madonna. You know, she was she was on tour, had to had to cut it. She's I, I believe planning to get back out there. And actually, um, uh, Belinda Carlisle, I think she she just released a new song in March. And has a, a new album either coming out or just came out. Yes, just had a new EP come out just this spring. So so both of them still out making music and uh, touring and everything. Happy birthday to both of them. Hope you appreciated our countdowns. Hopefully now you are going to gear up your playlists with our playlists. And for everyone here at Tunesmate, we hope we're continuing to inspire you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow our blog and once again i'm mark and i'm ray and we will see you next time